0: As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills.
1: The more muscle memory
0: that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverseimpact.
2: You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems.
3: Oh yeah! It's level three, the quickest hundred minutes of sports talk radio, Sirius XM channel one five nine. We'll get into some NBA basketball. Our boy Matthias was uh, did the uh, the double dip uh, yesterday, although I, he paid. He didn't he didn't do what I told him to do and uh, try to hide in the arena in between uh, in between the the changeover. But we'll get to that after. I posted a cool video yesterday. Well, I didn't post it. I retweeted it, I should say. <laughs> I retweeted it. Uh, but it was a cool video of the uh the changeover. Uh the changeover of the um of the court from the Clippers uh to 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 the Laker court. Well, get Matthias's uh comparison between the two experiences. Although one of the games went a lot better, right? But uh, just as far as the lighting, I can tell. Um I've always found whatever did the Clipper games are light it's too bright they should darken it you notice the lakers games are dark dark like there's i don't know what it is like the lakers you can if you know next time you watch a laker game like i said we'll get matthias's take on this after um after ian cameron steps up and in and joins us but next time you like tomorrow night the laker game watch you'll notice you won't be able to see people in the stands it's like you can only see the front row and it's dark as hell Like, it's really dark, like, for a Laker game. You'll notice for the Clipper games, like, it's, like, brighter. Like, they, I don't know. So, you figure the same arena would look the same, but it doesn't, right? Some arenas are dark. Like, the Brooklyn Net games are like that, man. Like, people, like, go to Brooklyn Net games and, like, tumble down the stairs and stuff, like, all the time. (laughs) Like, it's the steepest arena I've ever been in my life. Like, it's like one of those, like, people if you're scared of heights, or if you're, well, I don't know what the term is, like basically, uh, I'm like if you get dizzy or whatever, there's like a lot of like, it messes with people that place, the Barclays Center. It's like I told people, I'm like, I don't know, bro. You know, I never sat up there. <laughs> people are like, they were like, you must have like had problems up there before. I was like, nah, and I was like, I never sat up at the top of the Barclays Center. It doesn't cost that much for net games. So I don't have to, but uh, I remember our boy Corey Parson like sat up there once. He he was like traumatized after. (laughs) It's like the Bell Centre in Montreal is, is pretty much like that. It's sort of like an amusement park ride. Like if you're at the top, it's so like steep, like you're sort of like looking down like, and you know, after a couple of drinks, man, like if you sort of lean, like you tilt over the wrong way and then you go down the stairs, it's like a ski slope, man. Right, if it's slippery, if you had some drinks, like trust me, I nearly killed someone once. I bought someone tickets to um, who was it? It was Bernard Hopkins and Jean Pascal, I believe it was. And uh, they you know, they were boxing fans, but they were getting up there; they weren't like great health and stuff, <laughs> and and. I didn't know it was going to be the last row, right? But, I, you know, I got tickets. I didn't have, you know, they were expensive, and I wasn't as rocking in those days. So they still were like 300 bucks each or 400 bucks each or something like that. And this is like 10 years ago. It's more than 10 years. It was like 12 years ago, I think, 13 years ago. And the twelve about in that range, a little over 10 years ago. And, uh, and, and uh, lo and behold, the dude I was with, he, he took a tumble, man. I, I nearly killed him. He nearly killed me for nearly killing him for putting him in the last row. The late-night anger management class. This is Sports Ridge. I am Gable Maranci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, of bustling, but everybody else in between. Let's do this thing. Things are getting loco. It's lit across the board. I am Maranci. Sports Grid Radio Network. Shout out to all of our AM radio affiliates, wherever you may be. The Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio, the 50,000-watt juggernaut. We're kicking it uh, here. Ian Cameron, aka Babano, will join us. We've talked a lot of pucks uh, tonight, but we'll get you caught up to date with the updated NBA series prices as well. Somehow Minnesota. You know, I didn't – listen, man, props to Minnesota. I thought Denver – and this is coming from someone that's been on Minnesota a bit in this series and taking them plus the points and thought that they could battle a bit with Denver – but I thought it was um, good night, Irene, uh, tonight uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves, and the Timberwolves were bawling all night, and it was like, all right, they're going to win this game. And then next thing you know, because let's be real, the L.A. King and the Edmonton Oilers game was much more crazier and stuff. It was like, all right, T Wolves are up by twelve, T Wolves are up double digits, and Denver go on a Denver go on a twelve nothing run to end the game. Game ends up going to overtime, and then Minnesota pulls away after. Right. Sports are strange like that. You figure, well, that's it. It's over. Denver now gonna win in overtime for sure. They didn't. Meanwhile, the Edmonton Oilers do. And the Edmonton Oilers in the Los Angeles Kings series just been absolute craziness. Great stuff. Uh, we just went over all the the series prices in the National Hockey League. But as far as the National Basketball Association is concerned, you gotta believe that the Memphis Grizzlies, tomorrow night is an interesting handicap. Um, Right now, I see the Lakers are minus four and a half points. That's a consensus number. Lakers minus four and a half. You could not have had a better start to a basketball game than, than the Los Angeles Lakers did. Not to mention Dylan Brooks gets kicked out of the game. I swear to God, not that whatever, this is some great prophecy or something like that, but... I said it a couple of times. I like to I should have written it down and we get the tape, but my specific words were, you know, I've always been a fan of the Memphis Grizzlies, but they're falling apart, they've unraveled, and Dylan Brooks will do something stupid in the playoffs and get kicked out of the game. And lo and behold it happened. Should he have been kicked out? Well, probably not, but shoulda, coulda, woulda. Who knows what the hell. Whatever drugs the NBA refs are on, I want some
4: sportsgrid.com betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real-time odds predictive betting models expert picks and more want the edge then get on the grid sportsgrid.com
0: welding instructor alex Declare knows vr training platforms like forge fx help students master their skills There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact.
2: You might be right. It's simple, but something you almost never hear in politics today, with each side more concerned about scoring political points than solving problems. I'm Bill Haslam, a Republican.
3: And I'm Phil Bredesen, a Democrat. We're former Tennessee governors, and we invite you to listen to our podcast, You Might Be Right. Join us and guests like Al Gore, Paul Ryan, Judy Woodruff, as we take on important issues facing our country.
2: Listen and subscribe to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee.
1: It's okay if you aren't ready for kids right now.
3: Sunday, bloody Sunday, this is Sports Ridge. I am Gabriel Morenzi, SiriusXM XM, Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Let's do this thing. Let's talk some pockets as the Stanley Cup playoffs continue. The craziness continues. The overtimes, the comebacks, and everything else in between. Ian Cameron, A.K. Babano, one of the ice guys, and more. Babano,
2: always a pleasure. How you doing tonight? I mean, what a weekend of, uh, well, of sports. I mean, the NBA playoffs were pretty exciting, too. We've had some good games. But in the NHL, I mean, what can you say about Saturday? You know, three of the four games go to overtime. Uh, Exciting stuff. Uh, We've got series that, look, there's not going to be a single sweep in the first round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. So exciting times right now.
3: No, there's not going to be some sweeps. uh, But, you know, I think some series were all but decided uh, today, specifically the Boston Bruins. You know, Florida played well in Boston. They get the split. Boston have dialed things up. There's something about the road for hockey teams that they actually play better. I don't know what it is, why it is. And they all say the same thing, which I don't understand because they've been saying the same thing for 50 years about this is that, well, you know, when we play at home, we try, we get too fancy, and we get too cute, and, you know, we get caught up with the crowd, and it's like, well, if you know this, then why do you do it? And they're like, you know, on the road, it's just sort of all business, and, you know, you're more focused. And I find that to be crazy, but... Well, we see it to be true. Look, Carolina wins on the road. Dallas wins on the road. And Boston wins on the road. i tell you what, though. Boston, um, you know, we talked about Boston being the number one team of uh, a Bano, but there was no lock that they were going to win the Stanley Cup. And it seems like the injuries could catch up to this team down the road, but they're about to knock off the Florida Panthers.
2: Yeah, they could because they've got the uh, prospect of either uh, Toronto or Tampa Bay coming up in the uh, second round. But uh, as far as uh, handling Florida, they've been able to do it without Patrice Bergeron, who is yet to play a game in this series. And of course, David Krejci, Uh, was also missing in the last two games of this series, Game 3 and 4 in Florida. So you're talking about your top two centers right there not playing for the uh, Boston Bruins, but they don't make excuses. They haven't made excuses all year. All they've done when they've had key players out is just next-man-up mentality, show why we're one of the uh, teams in the NHL with the most depth uh, up front on the blue line. doesn't matter the situation. doesn't matter the absences. Overcome it stick to the process, play structured, sound team defense, which I thought they did once again Sunday afternoon in the win against Florida. It's just a team that's really bought in. And what I admire so much about the Bruins is if you we know what they can do offensively, led by Pasternak, and obviously Linus Allmark is a Vesna Trophy candidate. But when you look at the blue line, they're always in good position. Nobody's running around. The body position is where it needs to be. The active sticks at all times, knowing where the puck is going to go before the other team makes the play, And then you see all the forwards that, when they don't have the puck on their stick, they're backtracking. The back pressure on the back check, helping out the defensemen in all three zones. It's fun to watch this Boston team play as a complete and utter unit, top to bottom. And they do it every game, and they've certainly done it in these last two games in Florida, especially at the defensive end.
3: FanDuel, we're not there yet, but FanDuel briefly, and I don't, I couldn't understand the number, I tweeted about it. They had the Bruins minus one and a half in the series at minus, uh, minus 120. That, that was up for about 24 hours, and they adjusted to like minus 158, but the Bruins should have been like minus two and a half in this game. They were underpriced coming into this series against the, uh, the Florida Panthers, but they still have to do it. Yeah, we laid a big play down on the Bruins at minus one and a half in this series. Now up three games to one. Now, a series that I'm not surprised that we're tied up with right now, and a series that had seven games written all over it coming into this thing, was the Dallas Stars and the Minnesota Wild. Dallas get the W today. Now it's a best two of three. And, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if Minnesota won the next game of battle. This is sort of like, you know, this has been a crazy series. Either team could beat either team on any given night. And I expect this series
2: to go seven games still. Yeah, I do, too. I do, too, and I'll, I'll be honest. I had Dallas today. I was very confident in them tying the series, but I'll be honest. I'll, I did. I thought they would play a lot better than they did, and I think they were somewhat fortunate to win today. I don't think they played a great game. I was expecting Dallas to really dominate, really control the game. That really didn't happen. In fact, Minnesota— You see
3: in the playoffs,
2: Babano, playing well. It
3: sounds crazy to say, but playing well and— um- and winning are two different things. <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs are a good example of that. They yeah. really didn't play all that well yeah. against the Tampa Bay Lightning. They, but you know, they Technically, did yeah. they deserve to win the game? No, no, but they did. But you know what I mean? Like you get the W and you move on, right? That's That's all that matters. You get the W and you move on in the postseason. But I hear what you're saying.
2: Teams don't play their best and they still get the W sometimes. They do. And Dallas got it because their power play came through. Their power play was excellent. It did damage when they got their opportunities. Uh, they scored key goals at key times. Tyler Sagan, Jamie Ben For the most part, the big guns played a lot better. Uh, I'm still waiting for Jason Robertson to pick his game up because he's been totally invisible so far uh, in this series for the Dallas Stars. But you're not going to complain too much about Robertson. The team won the game. That's the main thing. But they needed to be bailed out by Jake Ottinger several times today. This was Jake Ottinger's best game of the playoffs by far. And this reminded me of some of those games he played last year in in the series against Calgary in the first round. He was the only reason that series got to seven. That's the kind of Jake Ottinger we saw. This afternoon for the Dallas Stars in that Game Four win.
3: Uh, Ian Cameron kicking with us. Uh, I was just talking a couple of moments ago. If you're just joining us, about there's something about teams on the road where they just play more fundamental, sound hockey. And you know, if anyone to watch the New Jersey Devil game against the New York Rangers and saw Dougie Hamilton interviewed after the game, in which he said. We play better on the road. He goes, you know, he brought that up. He goes, there's something. He goes, I don't know why, but all year we've just played better on the road. It was probably good for us to get away from our home building. And it's crazy to say that, considering our home building is about 20 minutes away from where they were playing. So it goes to show the mindset and the mentality, how how psychological this stuff is. It was going to be tough for the Rangers. Listen, we, you know, I thought the Rangers were going to win the series but Bano. I was somewhat surprised how easily they won the first two games. I did take them again to win in game three. They didn't. They should be more urgent in this spot, not wanting to blow the two-game um, two lead that they had. Rangers are minus 150 on uh, Monday night at FanDuel. Right now, the total is five and a half. I do like the blue shirts here, Babano. What do
2: you think about the Devils and the Rangers? Yeah, I think they are the still the better team in this series. But I'll tell you what, the Devils did play with such a lot more poise you know, when we, what we saw obviously in game three and there is something to the fact that, you know, they have been much more relaxed and much better uh, on the road. And I think the Akira Schmid, the goaltending switch to him from Vitek Vanacek was a good one too. Schmid's got very good numbers this year. He played extremely well last night. I thought they played better in front of him uh, in that victory against the New York Rangers. So the Devils may not be out of this series yet, but obviously, you know, they've got to win tomorrow night because the Rangers are too good to go down three, one. The Rangers do still seem like the better team in this series, but at minus 150, I can't say I'm in a rush to lay the price because we've just seen the Devils play so much better on the road, and they finally got a pulse after that big win.
3: Yeah, you know, though, Babano, you know, it was a great New Jersey double that told me Ken Danico, and I brought this up before, and he's talked about there's no momentum in the playoffs. No. Right. One game into the next, it doesn't carry over. As, you know, case in point, if it did, the Tampa Bay Lightning would have won again in game two.
2: Right? That's right. <laughs> and or I mean, Caroli- or Islanders would have won both home games against Carolina. Or Minnesota would have won both home games against Dallas instead of split. Yeah, like momentum, like you could win a game,
3: and then, you know, the next game, it really do- it doesn't carry over. And if anything, it, there's more of the zigzag. The, you know, the other team comes out more desperate. There's a sense of urgency, I think. the urgen- The urgency thing is real. Yeah. Some teams know how to dig down deeper. Uh, better than others, but I'm pretty comfortable that the Rangers are the far better team. The Devils are a good team, but they're young, right? They don't have that postseason experience. And, I, you know, the Devil the, the Devils are playing against a team that do in a New York Rangers. Like we said, I don't think the Rangers are going to sweep uh, the Devils, but I think the price will probably go up, to be honest. Uh, 150 right now at FanDuel. We'll see what it is before uh, the puck drops. All right, we'll get into the rest of the games and the rest of the slate with Ian Cameron, a.k.a. Babano, including the Toronto Maple Leafs and the Tampa Bay Lightning, a series that's getting very, very hostile. With you know, you know it's good when Kyle Dubas, the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, is getting into it with Lightning fans. Both coaches are playing to the league, the commissioner, to the refs. Uh, players are fighting. You got superstars. First time ever, actually that um, the two players that had scored 60 or more goals had ever fought uh, before with uh, with Stamkos and uh, with Austin Matthews. More with Ian Cameron on the other side. This is Sports Ridge. Bring it.
4: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
5: a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It's okay if you aren't ready for kids right now. It's okay if you don't want to be a mom now or even ever. It's nobody's decision but yours. But do you know what's not okay? Not knowing how effective your birth control is. Talk to your doctor about effective birth control options so you can make an informed decision. Tap to learn more.
3: The late-night anger match for class continues. This is rage I am Gabe Maranci, Sirius XM Channel 159. Shout-out to all of our AM radio affiliates joining us on the Sports Grid radio networks. We're talking pucks right now with Ian Cameron. So Toronto Maple Leafs, um, you know, the, the Leafs are always playing from behind, um, it seems, in games and in these playoff series. It's like they're always trailing in these series. One of the reasons why they haven't won a playoff series since 2004. Uh, but they stepped up with a big-time win. Um, and here we are right now. They're minus one fifteen favorites. Total six and a half in this game. Tampa don't lose two playoff games in a row very often. Let alone three playoff games in a row very often. What are your thoughts on the Leafs and the Lightning on Monday?
2: Yeah, I mean, for me, I I do think that was a huge step forward, though. Toronto winning Saturday night to end the de- to to do away with these first round playoff demons that I think. You know the the, cha- the likelihood of them winning the series got went up drastically, winning that game. But still, if you're thinking of going against this Tampa Bay team with everything they've been through, and to be honest with you, they outplayed Toronto uh, in Game Three. And we just talked about momentum doesn't carry over from one game to the next. Put it this way: I'm not stepping in front of Tampa Bay in this spot. This is it for them. They don't want to go down three-one. And I say that in spite of the fact Toronto blew a three-to-one lead to the Montreal Canadiens. In the first round two years ago. But I don't think this year's version of the Toronto Maple Leafs blows a 3 1 series lead. I don't think they do. So if you're Tampa Bay, you've got to step onto the ice Monday night and say, we have to win this hockey game to really have a shot in this series. And I think you'll get the best out of the Lightning. And, you know, Vasilevsky's record off a loss remains just absolutely uh, spectacular. Uh, now, it was finally dented, of course, by the fact that they lost in game three the other night. But, you know, at Tampa Bay, this is huge for them. Um, I still think Toronto has an excellent chance to win this series. But in game four, Monday night, I'd be looking at Tampa. But more than anything, I like the over again. Last year, when these teams played in the first round, we did not see a tight-checking, low-scoring game until game six. Every game went over the total last year with the Leafs and the Lightning. All five games, the first five games of that series all went over. And we're looking like we're following that same pattern this year. It wasn't until we got to an elimination game that we saw an under with the Leafs and the Lightning in the playoffs last year, and I'm riding it again this year. I've been on the over in every game, and I'm not jumping off that uh, thought process here. So I like that over at six and a half.
3: The Winnipeg Jets, similar to the Leafs, scored a late late goal, but they end up losing in overtime at home, um, in front of their fans, in front of that whiteout. But more critical, you know, it sucked they lost the game, but what's really devastating for them is they lose their stud defenseman, Josh Morrissey, out for the remainder of this series. Listen, they um, they could probably still win this game tomorrow in the big picture. I think this is going to catch up to them, and it's probably it's probably one of the nails in their coffin and one of the reasons why Vegas will end up winning this series. But, you know, that game could have won either way yesterday. They're going to throw the kitchen sink. This is the all-time big-time desperation game for the Winnipeg Jets. Uh, tomorrow, very difficult though. Without Morrissey, game is basically a pick 'em. Listen, Vegas are small favorites, minus
2: one eighteen. The total is five and a half. What do you think about Vegas and Winnipeg? Yeah, Morrissey, Josh Morrissey, as we know, is out for the rest of the series if they don't, they're not going to have him. And if they don't have Nikolai Ehlers again, either. And with the fact, it's not just that they're going to miss their best defenseman. It's the reverberating effect of not having him. It's the fact that they had, they were down to five defensemen in that double overtime game against Vegas. And all the minutes that Neil Pionk and Nate Schmidt and Dylan DeMello and all those other defensemen had to log for Winnipeg and the, and how it might be a little bit of a a fatigue situation, just a little bit here that goes into game four. So
3: this time, It sucks. Listen, there's no way that anyone, they're they're such good players that it blows, they're, they're not there. But the difference was they lost him in the game. Yeah. So therefore the other defensemen had to step up and play more. Yeah. At least now, like they won't be as minutes challenged. Because yeah, there's no doubt the Jets defensemen were totally, totally just done by the end of overtime there. That's how that's
2: why they lost. Yeah. They were just Give exhausted. Away. Yeah, exactly. And it was a fatigue mistake, really, uh, in that second overtime that led to it. So but they will. At least they're gonna be able to start the game with six and you hope nobody gets injured here. I mean, certainly I don't I don't question the resolve. I don't question the the, the will of this Winnipeg team, but other than Connor Hellebuck having an edge over Broussois you know, in between the pipes, where does Winnipeg have an edge? I think Vegas, you know, up front, especially with the way Eichel and Stone in particular have played in this series, they've been awesome. These last two games, you certainly have to give Vegas the better defense one through six with Petrangelo, Martinez, Theodore, all those great defensemen. Vegas is better there on the back end than Winnipeg. No question. So really other than the goaltender Vegas to me looks like the better team. And uh, I'd be looking at Vegas, honestly, to take control
3: ian cameron aka babano follow him on twitter at the babano joining us so uh carolina hurricanes go back home and uh they're looking for uh they're looking for the kill shot minus 160 on tuesday night right now the total is five and a half in that game plus 132 the new york islanders the outlets uh, i thought the islanders were in over their heads here i didn't think it was a good matchup for them against the carolina the, 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 the hurricanes owned them the Hurricanes were 13-3 to in their last 16 games against the Islanders coming into this series. So here we are right now. You can lose close all the time, but if you lose, you still lose. And I think that's what's probably going to happen to them again on Tuesday. It'll be close, but they'll end up on the wrong side of it. So Canes are minus 160, total's 5.5. Uh, Boston Bruins, lo- also an elimination game. Boston Bruins, minus 225 favorites. That price will no doubt go up against the Florida Panthers. Total six and a half in that game. What do you think about the look uh Babano, including Minnesota at Dallas? The Dallas Stars, minus 144. Total five and a half. And uh, we didn't get to the Colorado Avalanche-Seattle Kraken game on Monday. Uh, Avs are minus 152. Road favorites, total six and a half.
2: Yeah, that one, Colorado. I mean, Nate McKinnon and Miko Randon have played amazing in that series. It'll be interesting to see if someone else can jump on the uh, on the train with them. Because really, I mean, I've I've not been impressed with the lack of you know third and fourth line offense from Colorado. But maybe there's nights they don't need it when. Rantanen and mckinnon are so good and that they were awesome in game three there's no question but you know i think seattle maybe early on in game four our first period seattle bet kind of interests me because this is a game where if they go down three one it's over i think they're probably in tough anyway but i would expect in the first 20 minutes they bring one hell of a strong start tomorrow night at home so seattle in the first period i think i might look in that direction as far as tuesday's games look i'm not going to overthink it i think the islanders are done you know, I think, I don't think this series is getting back to UBS arena. So I'd probably go with the hurricanes in regulation or a minus one puck line with Carolina in that game on that Tuesday night, uh, Minnesota, Dallas. Um, look, it's been a back and forth series. I still think Dallas is better than Minnesota. I just think this team's a little bit better. I, I like Ottinger and the fact he had his best game by far. Uh, I know momentum sometimes doesn't carry over, but I think Dallas is winning the series. And I think that game five definitely has a chance for Dallas to take control, take the lead in the series and send Minnesota to the brink. That game could be tight though. The draw, I get the feeling we might see some overtime Tuesday night in Dallas. That's um, that's my
3: only regret. And I've talked a lot about it. I've done it in past years and I didn't do it this year. If you're going to do it, you got to do it every game. And I, I didn't do it. I didn't stay committed to it, but Anyone that's taken every game to go to overtime in this first round has made some some pretty good money Your plus along units. the way. Yep. Yeah, big-time plus units. There's been multiple games that have gone to overtime, and I think we still have more to come. I will say, listen, if you like the Dallas Stars in this series, if you think the Stars are going to win now that it's like a best of two or three, you just basically take them like you sort of locked in. You have to take them in every game, right? So, like, if they win the two, because they're not going to be – they're only minus 144, and then when they're on the road, they're not favorites. It's like basically close to a pick So that's the way that I look at it for everybody tuning in right now. If you like Dallas, if you think Dallas are going to win the series, then, you know, you pull the trigger with Dallas in the next game, you pull the trigger with Dallas in the game after, and if needed, you pull the trigger with Dallas again in Game 7. At worst, Hey, yeah, you could go 2-0. and You might go 2-1. and If not, if they lose, then, hey, you were wrong. And that's how it uh, plays out. But I do think Dallas— I think Dallas can string this thing together, sure. actually. I think Dallas can get one on the board. That's a big desperation game, man. The, the game five, especially, you know, you've got to nail that down. You don't want to be going back to the other team's building in an elimination game, right? You want to put the pressure on them and know, all right, we've got the game seven back home right now as well. A massive game. I do think Dallas get it done.
2: Yeah, I, I think I, I I had Dallas to win this series before it started. And um, like I said, I was not I was not even that impressed with the way they played in Game 4, even though they won here today uh, against Minnesota. I thought they relied too much on Ottinger. They were giving up way too many breakaways and, and odd man rushes. That was concerning to me. And Ottinger had to be phenomenal in those situations. So they got to clean up that. They can't let the forwards of Minnesota get behind the D like that. It happened multiple times to Dallas in that game, but they won. Uh, it is something, though, they got to clean up. But, you know, I think they do win this series in the end. I mean, Minnesota, tough opponent. But I think the Dallas Stars find a way. I just think of it. And plus, they haven't had Jason Robertson. You know, think about it. He hasn't done anything yet in this series. Pavelski's been hurt now the last few games. And yet here they are still 2-2 going back home. Not a bad spot to be in if you're the Stars.
3: Updated Stanley Cup odds right now. The Boston Bruins are plus 220. The Colorado Avalanche are now plus 550. Carolina Hurricanes plus 750. Toronto Maple Leafs. It's crazy the odds. You know, they're bigger, like you get bigger odds now than you did like before the playoffs started. <laughs> um, plus 850. The Oilers 10 to 1. The Rangers 10 to 1. The Vegas Golden Knights 10 to 1. Dallas Stars 17 to 1. Dallas don't get a lot of love, but bad. it's not a bad number right there. at 17 uh, to 1 for the Dallas Stars. And for me personally, the New York Rangers, I think the Rangers are going to be a tough out
2: for anybody that plays them. I think that's still a strong number at 10 to 1. Yeah, there's a very good chance that, you know, we're going to see a rematch of last year's second round once again in the second round. Rangers and Hurricanes for a second year in a row uh, in the uh, second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs. And, uh, yeah, I know Carolina's—I know there's going to be some people that will talk about it. Carolina in revenge, Carolina in revenge. But I think the Rangers are the better team, just like they were last year against Carolina. That's the
3: problem. That's the problem with this format, though, man. Yeah, Yeah, you get cool first-round matchups, but they're kind of forced because they're division matchups. And it's like, so basically the playoffs are going to be the same every year from here on out all the time. There might be a couple of tweaks here and there, but for the most part, you know, like you just get the same teams like Tampa and Toronto again. again. Right? You, just, you get the same teams playing each other all the time. L.A. Edmonton again. Yep. Yeah, L.A. Edmonton again. You're right. Uh, Ian Cameron, A.K. Papato. We'll catch you up with the midweek Papato. Always good. Thanks a lot for taking the time to be with us.
2: Good stuff, Gabe. We'll talk on Wednesday. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it.
4: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert.
0: Explore more stories like Shayna's at Meta.com slash Metaverse Impact.
5: Can you remember a time when you thought someone you disagreed with might actually be right? In the new podcast, You Might Be Right, former Tennessee Governors Bill Haslam and Phil Bredesen posed that question to guests like Paul Ryan, Al Gore, and Judy Woodruff. Come for the stories, stay for the substance and expert insights into some of the most challenging issues facing the country— including affordable housing, crime, and education. Listen to You Might Be Right, a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: It's okay if you aren't ready for kids right now. It's okay if you don't want to be a mom now or even ever. It's nobody's decision but yours. But do you know what's not okay? Not knowing how effective your birth control is, Talk to your doctor about effective birth control options so you can make an informed decision. Tap to learn more.
6: This lady said I'm an artist. You? An artist? Your husband's work is what we call outsider art. It could be by a mental patient or a hillbilly or a chimpanzee.
3: Oh, yeah. Late night anchor management class. This is Rage. I am Gabriel Moranci. Great stuff uh with Ian Cameron. Thanks to the big E, Eric Cohen, for kicking with us. We're gonna be throwing it down tomorrow night. We're gonna ramp up our NFL draft uh, coverage. I'm gonna share a couple of plays, uh, more plays that I put in. As I stated earlier, you know, all the a lot of the big stuff is a lot of the big odds are sort of done, but there is a hell of a lot of uncertainty actually. And I was actually thinking it's almost like the Kentucky Derby or something. The top of the draft is a lot like uh, like a horse race, where it's like, wow, that horse could be second, but he could be fourth, and like I almost wish we could play like a trifecta and box it, right? I don't know. They're throwing a lot of Will Levis stuff at us right now, right? Going second overall. I'm just sort of, I just sort of like, I'm locked in that CJ Stroud is going to end up on the Indianapolis Colts, so I want to get a piece of that. Uh, That CJ Stroud ends up on the Colts, I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked if C.J. Stroud won second overall, and I wouldn't be shocked if Anthony Richardson. The Will Levis stuff is kind of like all over the place, but we can't be wrong twice, and you're getting plus money. I Look, I don't believe that Will Levis is going to the Houston Texans second overall, but if he does, fine. If he does, okay, then that means either C.J. Stroud or Anthony Richardson go to uh, to Indianapolis, And you're getting them both at some decent plus money. So we'll get to that uh, momentarily. But as far as the NBA is concerned, uh, Matthias in uh, Master Control is a uh, lifelong Clipper fan and uh, went to the Clipper game yesterday. Clippers, uh, Clippers balled out. Russell Westbrook balled out, laid his heart out there. But it wasn't enough. The shorthanded Los Angeles Clippers are up against a, you know, a Phoenix Suns team loaded with superstars. Now, Phoenix's depth could become a problem down, down the uh, the yellow brick road here in the playoffs. But the Clippers are a depth challenge team and a star challenge team and a player challenge team right now. But you have to like the effort, Matthias, specifically of uh, of Russell Westbrook. Listen, clowns are going to clown, and the circus is always going to be in town in the modern social media age, right, in which players can play great and, you know, it doesn't matter. But if they miss a couple of shots, then Twitter will blow up. But you see Russell Westbrook clearly is gaining respect. KD talked about it after the game. Chris Paul talked about him after the game. And a lot of other NBA players out there telling common people to shut up when talking about Russell Westbrook. Like, he became a scapegoat somehow for the Lakers, Lakers weren't very good. It wasn't Russell Westbrook's fault. Like, they're better now because they have all these different players on their team. Right? Like, they didn't have Rui Hachimura before. <laughs> and why the hell, would to this after, but why the hell did the Wizards give up on, why would the Wizards give away Rui Hachimura? Well, we don't have room in our rotation for him. Well, you know what? That's why you suck, because you have good players, and you don't want you have room in your rotation for them for crap-ass players. But what, what was your take on the Clippers? Let me ask you, Matthias. Um big big point spread here. And um big point spread for uh, for Tuesday night's game. Phoenix Suns -12 right now. Massive number, bro. What's your take? How, how what what was your takeaway from the game? Now we'll get to the Laker game you were at. <laughs> Clippers played hard game.
6: They played that like they were playing at home. They played tough. They, the fans were there. They brought it, which I was surprised for a 12:30 game. The, the arena was was loud. You know, early in the first quarter, which helped out the Clippers a, a lot. I think. You know, they brought the energy early. But at the same time, we both expected that Norm Powell was not going to be able to have a, a, a night like he had in Game Three, where he put up 40 points. And you know, he disappeared in this game pretty much. But Russell Westbrook took over, was a star, kept the Clippers in the game, kept them involved, stayed aggressive, uh, keeps the team motivated in times when the team is missing shots. You could depend on Russ to get to the rim, get to the free throw line, make the right play. Yeah, Yeah, he keeps the team going, Gabe. You know, it keeps him in the fight. And as long as you're in the fight, you got a chance. And, and that's what Russell Westbrook does bring to the table. And it was a pleasure to watch him play. I got to say, uh, Clippers next game, I think the back gets broken Gabe. To tell you the truth, I don't think they'll be able to hold the Phoenix Suns in Phoenix without Paul George or Kawhi Leonard. I expect them to go down uh, not easily, but it, it won't be pretty.
3: Nah, they're going to be they're going to be in tough. Phoenix are going to, you know, the blood is in the water right now. Phoenix have a team and the type of guys on the team that um, you know. Let's be real; some of them, the other injury prone, right? They've got to um, they've got to play the least amount of games possible to mitigate any sort of risk. I would expect it's a big number, right? It's a massive number. It could get away from them, but Kawhi Leonard, obviously, the point spread being twelve, will not be in the lineup. And the big news, uh, you know, as you see. Kawhi Leonard not playing seems to be one of the least of his problems, or at least his family issues, yet I don't know. I don't know the backstory here, right? If you didn't know, though, like Kawhi Leonard's father was murdered and stuff. So, like, he's he's been through a lot, right, growing up in Riverside. He's seen a lot, Kawhi. Like I said, man, like, he's an old, like, 32 or whatever he is, 31, 32, whatever uh, he is right now. But Kawhi Leonard's sister, Kawhi Leonard's sister – I think he has a couple of sisters though, to be honest. But uh, Kamisha Williams, the sister of LA Clippers star Kawhi Leonard was one of two women sentenced to life without parole for the murder of an elderly woman in a Temecula, California casino bathroom in 2019. That's so Williams and her accomplice, or friend, whoever, her partner in crime assaulted a lady, uh, basically in a casino bathroom. Tried to rob her, robbed her in a casino bathroom, but she was like an elderly woman, and um, she fell and hit her head and died. So I remember when I remember, I remember when the Raptors won the title. One of his sisters was like, "Oh, he's leaving. He doesn't. He's not ever coming back here." And like, but like I said, I don't think it was this one. Right, I mean, people having strange, you know, what I mean, relatives and you know, stuff's gonna happen. So I'm not saying that he speaks to her every day or whatnot, but as you see, that's if you punch in Kawhi Leonard's name right now, that's that's what pops up. Like I said, Matthias, it's a thing with Kawhi. Like that's he has a lot of that's why he has like a big mistrust issue, right? And I'm not, I don't want to play psychiatrist and stuff, but he's seen a lot, he's been through a lot in his life. Then he gets to the NBA and he feels as if though that like the Spurs screwed him. You know what I mean? That they screwed him, that there was bad doctors, that they tried to rush him back, that he, you know what I mean? That he's they they screwed him somehow. And then, you know, and then it just got and then his his manager is is literally is his uncle. Right? Right. So it's his father's brother, who's his manager, like his rep, and They sort of take like that sort of street like sort of thing to people and like, right? Like he's not the easiest guy to deal with this uncle Dennis dude. And before Kawhi was, I don't know, I think he had a normal agent and stuff, but now he's got his uncle. And remember then he sued Nike, (laughs) right? Like, like, he's got a chip on his shoulder, this dude. It's really, it's a shame, you know, that, listen, it's a tragedy this woman died, number one. That's uh, just it's just stupid for a few casino chips or whatever. But I was gonna say from from Kawhi's perspective, it's too bad like that he hasn't been able to play for whatever reason. You know what I mean? His injuries and and this and that. But here we are right now, and let's be real, Matthias. Like it's not like there's some silver lining down the road here. Like the Clippers missed their shot, bro, with Kawhi and George. They're not getting any younger, and they're not going to get any healthier.
6: And on the game? they're on the hook yeah no 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 it's time to move on i think i think this was this was the end of that project cut their losses, and they move on. And it's going to be sour because they let go of Shea Gilgis-Alexander for this, and now you see where, you know, what Shea's doing and all the potential that he has in front of him and all the potential that he's also going to attract, in my opinion, is is what else is going to come with Shea Gilgis-Alexander, you know, who wants to play with him for the next five years. And there's going to be a lot of old guys who are really good right now that want to play with a point guard like Shea. So, so it's Holder going to be sour game. You're there, too. Yeah,
3: it's sucks. Even though he could get hurt. <laughs> No, I know like <laughs> yeah, somebody <you> her. <laughs> Giddy's good. No, Oklahoma City are pretty good. Oh, listen. I from from my perspective, listen, I'm a Raptor fan, bro. I all been expected. I'm like, man, they're going to be terrible. They're going to tank Oklahoma City. They're going to, you know, what I mean, Gilgus Alexander's from Toronto. Right Or the area, whatever. He's from right outside of Toronto. So I'm like, he's going to he's gonna end up on the Raptors. And the Raptors aren't like a big sign local guys because you're from the area team. They don't really do that. But he was so good. He fits the need. And word was that the Raptors were going to beat people to the punch on this. That they knew that eventually he'd be available, but he wasn't. I mean, he didn't ask to be traded. That was the whole thing. And people were like, well, he won't want to go through this. Oklahoma City were supposed to suck, but like you said, so they got themselves a superstar now. You know, it, it, like I said, it's just hard to ever imagine like that Kawhi Leonard's ever going to get through a year ever again. And Paul George has played hard; he's been through a lot. Like they're damaged, like they're beat up, man. They're just they're beat up in a young man's league. If, if there's one thing that's positive about
6: the Clippers game, it's that. Uh, uh players want to play you know for the clippers especially with the new yes. stadium, the new stadium coming up you want to play for balmer you know, it's a fun a team to play for yeah you know this isn't the sterling clippers anymore this is the balmer clippers and when they get their new arena it's only going to be better it's going to be on steroids yeah, players- it's going to be legit yeah, but but, at, but the the so day, like, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, L.A. is a Laker City game. Yeah. L- that's a pro- L.A. is a Laker City, and that and that's new, a staple, especially after Saturday.
3: The new arena ain't here for a while, though, right? So, like, um, that – and players don't care about arenas. Once it's there and stuff, they care about Ballmer's money. <laughs> like, that's what they care about. right? And Ballmer's aggressive, so Ballmer like, – you know what I mean? But it's just not easy. You just can't release these guys. You're on the hook, so – You know, honestly, if you could flip someone, if you could find a way, but Kawhi, I think Kawhi Leonard would rather retire than get traded. To be honest, at this point, I don't think he really cares. Um, I can't speak. I mean, obviously, he's a competitor. He's one of the greatest players ever. But if he really cared about winning, he wouldn't have left the Raptors when he did. He cared about building a house. He cared about getting back to California. Let's just be real. Um, So, like, you're kind of like I'm still wondering how bad his knee injury is, Gabe. Nobody knows. Well, that's another thing. I mean, the, the dad, how many, and it, how many, how many search? Well, there's two ways of looking at it. That, and either way, it isn't good. Number one, that it's like, yeah, it's really bad. And like, it's just, how many more surgeries does he want to go through? He's already rich for life, bro. Like super rich. He's got hundreds of millions of dollars. No matter what happens to him, he gets all that money from the Clippers. So, and, or is it a case I don't know, Tyrone Lu. I don't know. There was one line at Tyrone Lu praising everybody that played, but he said, "We need all hands on deck." <laughs> I don't know, Matthias. Like I don't. I was going to bring that up. I don't know if that's like a, some, you know what I mean? If that's like a coded shot. He basically said, "Like we're not out of this. We're going to battle, but we need all hands on deck." Yeah. You know, this is like the Lamar stuff. It's unfair to say that, you know, oh, he could be playing, but he isn't. I don't believe that. I think if Kawhi could play, he'd play. Bring it.
4: SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com.
5: a new podcast from the Baker School at the University of
1: Tennessee, available wherever you get your podcasts. It's okay if you aren't ready for kids right now. It's okay if you don't want to be a mom, now or even ever. It's nobody's decision but yours. But do you know what's not okay? Not knowing how effective your birth control is. Talk to your doctor about effective birth control options so you can make an informed decision. Tap to learn more.
3: A much, right? think, but. <laughs> is SIA really using a lion at the end of that thing? There's <laughs> <Like, laughs> a, yeah, lawyers online too. Lawyers online too. I think MGM MGM own lions from here on out. So yeah, we're, we're up against it here. Tune in to Game Time Decisions tomorrow. This is when we make our Game Time Decisions. But I wanted to throw two things at you that I just bet here and we're going to get into this more in, in in detail why but if you want to get in on this Stetson Bennett will he get drafted yes or no Stetson Bennett Georgia Bulldog two time national champion uh, quarterback will he get drafted yes 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 he will i just put a nice big play in on that Stetson Bennett will get drafted yes he just got arrested for being drunk and stupid and stuff whatever he didn't he didn't he didn't do anything doesn't matter you know what i mean what did he do he knocked on the wrong door <laughs> like, like he was banging on some doors like he was hammered and he, downtown Dallas banging on some people's doors and they were the cops cops will let him go and he dropped you know who I am crap and all that and I'm gonna go to the end like okay yeah because none of us have ever been drunk and stupid before right and it means that you know he's gonna get drafted all right so get that in Stetson Bennett's gonna get drafted and um and that's minus one thirty right now. I I got it at minus one thirty. It's going up like it was. Play, you know, people are starting to realize he's going to get drafted. He will get drafted. And the other one I just played is over under two and a half tight ends drafted in the first round. Let's go um, under. I think there'll be two two tight ends drafted in the first round. The Michael Mayer kid out of Notre Dame and Dalton Kincaid out of Utah. Darnell Washington's a good prospect, but he I don't think. And you know what's crazy? Only nine tight ends have been drafted in the uh, NFL draft in the first round in the last 11 years. We can criticize Tyrone Lue tomorrow, appears, but I'm telling you, I brought it up on Friday show. I'm not, I would not be shocked if Nick Nurse is a new coach. Tyrone Lue's done, and he probably should be. Where the hell is Nicholas Batool? Where the hell is Covington? Like, all hands on deck. We'll play them. Other than that, you're on your own later. Is
5: America's primary system working?